many people are imagining psychedelics as a medicine that's going to fix you. That is just not the case. It is going to be up to you to hold that vision, to focus your imagination, to see the possibilities of better for yourself. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. If this is your first time joining us, well, welcome to our show. I am your co-host, Eric Osborne. Psilocybin Says is a personal growth and self-development podcast centering around the use of sacred mushrooms. I have consumed over 500 doses myself and have administered more than 3,000. My wife, the other host, has been a lifestyle and personal development coach for almost 10 years. We bring our perspectives together to help you get more out of working with psilocybin. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the power of your imagination, what brings the invisible into the visible. And you have it. You just have to harness it. Also, be sure and check out On Psilocybin every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. That is live streamed through the Psilocybin Says YouTube page. Check out old episodes there where we talk about anything and everything in a completely free form format. And the best part is you can be a part of it. There's a live link that you can click just to join the conversation, ask any questions you might have, tell any stories you might remember. But most importantly, it's a place where we can all just be on psilocybin together. Look forward to seeing you there, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm imagining you listening and feeling the sensation of being in the right place at the right time listening to the perfect podcast for you in this moment. Yeah. Is that infringing on them by imagining them? I think if they've turned on this podcast, then we've been given the permission to impart our imagination into their lives. So you out there listening, thank you for joining us for another episode of Psilocybin Says. If it's your first episode, well, welcome to our show. This is Courtney Rose. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you. What has you feeling so glad? A lot of things. One, I did my journaling this morning and it was very powerful. I didn't even journal for very long. I feel like it's the way in which I journaled, which was very powerful. Inspired by Neville Goddard as... Much has been inspired by Neville Goddard in the last few months for me. I got this inspiration about a week ago to open my journal and journal what I was imagining my ideal day to be like and writing out as if it was happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. So instead of like this will happen, like this is happening, Mm -hmm. I started getting really detailed with it. So the moment that I come out of sleep into 
realizing I'm laying in bed before even opening my eyes and how my body feels and how like the sounds that I'm hearing and the thoughts going through my mind and how I'm imagining in that moment how the next few moments will unfold. Mm. So like really kind of like unpeeling the layers of (laughs) imagining in this, it kind of feels like an interdimensional imagining situation and I even went so far as to in this journal entry imagine myself finding the journal that I'm journaling in like in the moment okay and reading about oh my gosh like look I journaled this a while ago and here I am like this is exactly the reality that I was journaling about Mm. how cool is that Mm. kind of putting another (laughs) dynamic layer on top Interesting, yeah. Yeah. You know what's just occurred to me is that moment when we wake up, like what a beautiful thing that is that we go from sleeping completely unconscious or maybe completely subconscious and then we slowly start to birth into this reality every day. That's so cool. So wow. It's so crazy. It's really like we never go to sleep, really, like consciously. I don't think. What do you mean? Well, we're dreaming for one a lot throughout Mm -hmm. the night. Mm -hmm. How, how much do we, what has like science proven that we dream or like, what's the amount of dreaming time and average? Okay. (laughs) I didn't actually expect you to, but (laughs) I just wanted you to like say something random and go from there. (laughs) I I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, I think 60% of the night. (laughs) Okay. Well, well we're dreaming for one. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's it's kind of subconscious. Like we're asleep. We're not conscious. We're completely subconscious. Yeah. Or maybe awake in a different way or maybe realm or something get into some semantical debate here what is awake and what is not awake but we know that we at a certain point become in step back into this world this reality and i don't know like lucid dreaming you can actually use actively use your imagination Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but in regular kind of dreaming it's just it's just subconscious is just running. Mm. You know what just came to me when you said that? No. Lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. It goes so well with this topic that we're talking about on this episode mm-hmm. because kind of dawned on me that like, how is that different than this reality? Like we say, it's not a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Oh, well, if we're talking to somebody like, Oh, you're dreaming. Yeah. Talking about your dreams. Have you ever, had a lucid dream where you can actually have an impact on your reality in your dream Mm -hmm. and kind of dawned on me like, well, it's kind of like right now talking about as if we're dreaming right now in this moment, very much like the mushroom state. Have you tried lucid dreaming right now (laughs) in this reality? (laughs) Have you tried lucid living? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's another good one. Um, Chock full of, Gonna buy that domain before you listening do. <laughs> Lucidliving.com. Lucid I do like it. Uh, no, but it, you know, just to touch on the psychedelic state, it is very, very much like a lucid dream. It can also be like a 
regular dream where you're not in any kind of influence, I think as you get more uh, comfortable and confident in the space, when you just go in there, you can mm-hmm. engage with it a little more directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about the power of your imagination today. That's been a big topic for Cordy and I as we've been on this personal growth adventure over the last couple of years, and it's becoming more and more of a a conscious reality that we not only can create from our imagination, but basically everything is created, created from the imagination. Right. We're creating from our imagination, whether we realize it or not. And so when you start to realize the power that is within that faculty, it can be, it can be scary or it can be really empowering and liberating and start to realize that we have ultimate influence over every aspect of our lives and that this imagination is the extraction technique to bring from the invisible into the visible world. And just as simple as the microphones that we're holding or the painting that's behind you or the chair that you're sitting on, everything around you is from the imagination. Now, we could go into some weird tangents on plant life around us, but even that, agriculture, it's a history of manipulation of plants. Someone saw a plant in its original state and imagined what it could look like if you fine-tune the genetics, etc. Mm. Pets, animals, it's all the same. It's all so similar. So there are very few things, if any. And then you have to wonder the things that existed before humans, out of what did they arise? Out of what awareness? So is there an awareness that's imagining us into being? Woo. Mm, it's deep. Juicy. But let's let's <laughs> let's stay with let's stay with ourselves. Let's stay here this in realm. this world. Right. Because part. that's where we have actual agency. We're here. Spirits having a human experience. So yeah. let's and, talk about that. You know, a lot of a lot of this and in my mind, as I think about its relationship to psychedelics and why people come to psychedelics, um, a big part of that is mental health. Obviously, what a lot of the research is pointing to is the value that psychedelics contribute to mental health. And as I work with people over the years and I hear people talk about their mental state and as I experience my own growth and challenges and successes and I start I listen to what other people say and I listen to how I speak and I start to realize you know on a very tangible level that we are becoming what we imagine ourselves to be and so we can actually take active control and that is I love the mushrooms dearly you all know that this is absolutely the, the sacrament that connects me to my own divinity that is beyond a doubt but i don't i'm i'm starting to question whether there is anything more powerful into affecting change in our mental health our physical health our relationships our business success etc family etc etc than our imagination even people imagining that the mushrooms are going to improve their state of well-being sets it up for success when people go into the mushrooms mushrooms and they're like oh i just don't know if it's gonna work i don't know i really am desperate i need it to work you know but just nothing works for me nine out of ten times 
those people get little, if any, relief or it's insignificant. I just had this this metaphor, powerful metaphor, visual of a swing. Stay with me here. Say the mushrooms are like a swing on the playground. You can sit on a swing. Mm-hmm. Like that swing has some real potential for mm-hmm. some good times, but it's not the swing that's going to give you the good time. Mm-hmm. It's the spirit in which you yeah. engage with the swing. Yeah. So it's like you can walk up to a swing and sit on it and be pissed off and somebody can start pushing you on the swing and you'd be like, bah, mm-hmm. screw you. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to have fun on this swing. <laughs> you can be swinging, swinging, swinging and feel the potency of the swing and resist it mm-hmm. and get off the swing and be like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or you can walk up to the swing and be like, you know, I'm not feeling great, but like, here's this swing. And there is a lot of potential fun that I could have right here, right now on this swing. I mean, look at how high I could go in the swing and get on it. And in that spirit, allow the swing to elevate you and get off the swing feeling like a whole new level up from mm-hmm. how you were feeling yeah. before. Or you can see the swing and go, yeah, let's swing. And then you're immediately having fun as soon as you get on it. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw, I actually saw a meme yesterday that was said there's two kind of high people in the world. And one was a guy that was sitting on a swing still just like staring off into space full of anxiety. And the other one was someone sitting swinging right next to him, just having a blast on the swing. Wow. That's yeah. weird. Same fucking. I did not see that meme. Uh, same, same thing. Cool. Uh, yeah. The swing. But I would say that it goes even further than saying there's two types of high people. It's like there are a limited number of perspectives that you can take. I mean, there's they're kind of unlimited, but there's like, you know, some pretty basic. You can either look at life like it's a game. You can look at life like it's work. You can look at life like it's a curse. I am certainly using my imagination to move more into the game scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can look back on my life and see very directly how what I thought of the world and myself in the world translated into my experience. What you thought of yourself. Yeah. Like in high school, I was in high school. I was such a angry, skeptical, the world's out to get you. I used to have, I was a big X-Files fan. I had a, I had a custom, <laughs> that was an excellent fucking show. So I had a great imagination there, but yeah. It was also a little dark. I can hear the theme music right now. Yeah. yeah. So I even had like I even had a fucking custom baseball cap made that said "Trust No One" from the X. Oh, like, yeah. No, that was snap. that was that was, and I ended up in a lot of experiences with untrustworthy people, and we're going to talk about others imposing their imagination on you. And the first place you see that as a kid, and I know that a lot of the way that I perceived the world when I was young was because of the imagination that my parents imposed on me, right? Mm -hmm. That the world's unsafe. uh, You can't trust people. The only people you can trust are your family. Everybody's out to get you. If you want to succeed, succeed, you've got to work hard and sweat and struggle. Slowly, very slowly, uh, I started seeing evidence to the contrary. Um, But even still, it's taken a while for me to really accept that. And one of the most important kind of imagination experiments that I did is when I, after my second marriage, when I started to imagine myself 
in a healthy relationship with someone that loved me. And when that happened with you, that has allowed me to imagine even better things for myself and to imagine even more possibilities and to really see the shift. Cause now in the last, you know, really in the last couple of years, um, as I have been imagining better for myself and our family, I've seen it shift drastically, like so drastically. I could have walked out in this same yard five or seven years ago and had a very negative perception of what I saw around me. And that would have created a very different daily experience. Mm -hmm. So just that alone illustrates how powerful the imagination is. I walked outside this morning and just was in in love with the trees growing. And Mm. instead of looking at what I didn't have, I was just Mm. profoundly impacted by what I did have right in front of me. There's so much that I wanted to comment on there as you were talking, hitting various points. One thing that came to me is with the mushroom, like the experience of it and the expectations that we've seen and are seeing a lot of people have. Maybe they have been working with mushrooms for a while. Maybe they have never worked with mushrooms and they're not sure what to expect, but have this idea of how it's going to change their life forever. And thinking of how that neuroplasticity that we talk about Mm -hmm. all the time, that research is showing that Mm -hmm. psilocybin has the ability to create that neuroplasticity for us. And it's so true. Like it's almost like by communing with the mushroom, it's like giving us this opportunity to put into practice a different perspective. We have like this limited amount of time of neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. where coming out of a mushroom experience, we have this whole new perspective. I mean, Mm -hmm. not all the time, but a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can, we then have this window where we can notice the stories that we've been telling ourselves Mm -hmm. and make that shift. Mm -hmm. And like, what are you going to do with that information? How are you going to wake up tomorrow and stick with that story? Like, how are you going to put that into action in your life? Because it's not just that one mushroom experience, that eight hours or the day that you commune with the mushroom. It is so much more than that. It's like seizing that opportunity to step into that new reality, like not look at it as a past experience, but like, this is with me right now. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. new perspective that I just gained, that wasn't yesterday. That's right now. Even if it's just a small shift in perspective, it doesn't have to be a massive, major, mm-hmm. you know, life-changing changing shift. It can be just subtle. And if we will focus on that rather than focus, and I've, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I've, there's, you know, I've seen people who have had a big trip, wasn't necessarily like life changing, but there were like parts of it that if those individuals would have really honed in and focused in on that, Mm -hmm. then they would have been able to expand that out. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And those that don't 
not only do they most likely continue on with that previous thought pattern, but it actually intensifies. You become more Mm -hmm. convinced that I'm hopeless, I am worthless, because your imagination just doubles down, just Mm -hmm. back into that loop. Yeah. And so, you know, just harnessing the power of our attention Mm-hmm. And our imagination, yes, creates I mean, a different world. How incredible is it? Like, there's so many like miraculous faculties here that we can really utilize them. Like, one, there's the imagination, like we're talking about, like the abil- the fact that we can wake up to that, like we can imagine anything we want right now. Just the fact that we have mm. this projector screen mm. in mm. our mind. Mm-hmm. Like right now I'm talking to you and I'm looking at you and I can simultaneously imagine something else at Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. time in my head. I've got (laughs) this like incredible production. That's insane. Just think about it for just a second. The fact that we can do that, we can actually. And you experience it. Like when you imagine something, you are experiencing it as if it is real. Yeah. The fact that we can imagine something else and then immediately feel something else here's a trick though here here's where it's a little sticky it's an area that i've been really having to work on is separating the want of something from the imagination of something the trap that i've fallen into and i think that many people do is that let's say i want whatever it is a sports car i love nissan z series and i've always wanted one of those cars but when I think about my want for it, I feel like I don't have it. It's not there. But if I imagine myself driving it, then all of a sudden the sense of satisfaction is there. The sense of excitement is there. The sense of possibility is there. It's flipping that switch from experiencing the absence to imagining experiencing the presence. It's like a very small shift in perspective, but it has a drastic shift in how we feel and what our experience is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to shift a feeling, really. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. um, But also just calling to attention the thin line between feeling good and feeling bad. Yeah. It can feel sometimes like when we're feeling down and likewise when we're feeling really up and like uplifted, it just feels like, oh man, like this is feels so good. Like this is going to be forever. Mm-hmm. We can just like the drop of a hat, you know, can shift. If we're feeling really up, like we can get triggered by something and we can choose to go down that path. Yeah, it's a really fine line. What do we have in place when we do get triggered by an old story? How can we refocus and get back on track when that happens? I think is that I think the imagination has a big role to play in that. Mm-hmm. Again, like our negative feelings are often just a negative Im- imagination. Yeah, like, like what, imagining what we perceive could go wrong or... Or imagining ourselves as, you know, full of faults and nothing but negative, you know. that's It's just a misuse of the imagination. And I've mm-hmm. fallen into it many times. I've fallen into that place of desire and sense of lack, whereas the other is always available to imagine and feel how much is there for us. 
Yeah, I mean, when we've undergone trauma, when our system has been shocked, it can feel really challenging to imagine something differently. If we find ourselves in a similar feeling scenario in which we've experienced trauma in the past, Mm -hmm. that has really made a big imprint on our memory Mm -hmm. and our imagination. Mm -hmm. It takes some real practice to imagine something differently. It can feel like, how could things possibly go differently? I remember this experience so strongly. It just seems like that's the only possibility. There's so many types of traumas in a relationship or with our health. That is such a fascinating topic. Once we've become sick or been diagnosed with something, how we can imagine something different. Oh God, and there's tons Um, of evidence that shows how clearly our imagination affects our physiology. mm -hmm. You know, if you imagine yourself healing, you are more likely to heal. This is the interesting ground between consciousness and imagination. Where does it all come from? I think about healing my body and I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where I've had something go wrong, like a, a cut or an ache or whatever, a physical injury. And I send and use my attention, my awareness to imagine that healing and being better and seeing it happen and knowing that it's like I'm having a conscious influence over it. I've seen it in my plants. I've seen it in the mushrooms that I grow. So there's, there's a plant right now in the snake box that has been sitting. It's a pothos. These things grow like crazy. But it's been sitting almost dormant for, I don't know, like months. Recently, I started imagining this thing growing. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, in the last week, it's put on a new leaf. It's, been, it's literally since I built that box four months ago. It's been sitting there. All the other pothos around it, the same plant, and this specific one that I'm talking about had had more root system. It was more better established, and I expected that it was going to take off really fast, but it didn't. When I started putting attention on it, mm-hmm. it's fucking doing a thing. So I, I, I can't help but notice the correlation mm-hmm. there. So that reminds me of a Neville Goddard story where he's talking about being in the car with this woman who is ranting about somebody that she can't stand and all the things that she doesn't like about this person and all the things this person does that drive her crazy. And then at the very end of this super long 30 minute rant, Mm -hmm. she goes, God bless his heart. And Neville goes, what kind of crap is that? You don't really mean that, surely, because you spend most of your time and energy talking about talking about and continuing to imagine this person in this foul state and using your voice to make that even more potent. You just decrease the chances that this person who's in your life on a regular basis is going to feel better or do better. You just use that power of your imagination to bring you could have Use that power of your imagination and voice to call into existence something better for that person. That's what you just spent your time and energy doing. Mm-hmm. And then by trying to fix it by spending a millisecond saying, God bless his heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Realizing that God is running through all of us and that power that we have to imagine people in a better place. That's blessing doesn't, someone. Doesn't Goddard even say that God is the imagination? 
Yeah. He talks about Christ as Christ the imagination. being the imagination when the Bible talks about the wonderful human imagination. <laughs> the yeah. own power of our wonderful human imagination. Mm-hmm. When the Bible talks about Jesus Christ, which he talks about being two separate right. uh, concepts. Christ is everyone. Christ is in everyone. Christ is in everyone, and it's our human imagination that the Bible is really talking about Mm -hmm. when speaking of Christ. Yeah, makes me think of my mom all these years that she's been telling me she's praying for me and knowing that she's just thinking about, I wish my son was different. (laughs) That's what her prayer means. I wish that he was not a mushroom. Prayer. I think of prayer. I used to think of prayer like that. Yeah. Not that long ago, a year ago, well, whenever me, somebody said, like, I'm praying for them. I'm yeah. like, yeah, what the fuck? Well, ever? I mean, even to myself, like I recognize again, you know, we're all products we're upbringing. Peace be with you, mother. Uh, my oldest son, there were many, many years that I prayed for him to be different, wanted him to be different and have, be better, have a better experience. And it was when I started seeing him as perfect the way he is, that the quality of his life actually started improving hmm i remember that shift in you and i remember really struggling with that personally with doing that myself i remember thinking that that was woo woo and wanting to step into that using realizing that he is powerful and perfect and seeing that strength Mm -hmm. i guess when you see someone go through enough hard times Mm -hmm. can be challenging to imagine all the great things. We have to exercise our imagination. Yes, it is definitely, it is an exercise. And it's a coming back to a focus and attention. We can definitely use our imagination negatively. When you get there, feels like that sweet spot for anyone listening who's worked out enough, exercised physically enough to feel within yourself that moment. Say you're starting to go to the gym again, or you're starting to jog outside again, or bike again, or whatever it is. And at first, it just feels like kind of hell. Oh, God, like so out of shape and really pushing through it and pushing through it. But seeing and feeling it's going to be good for you to keep pushing through it. Mm-hmm. And then getting on, say, your bike, getting on like day three and you get this second wind of sorts, like this moment of, oh, wow. OK, my muscles are warming up. I'm actually enjoying this mm-hmm. sensation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this new reality of stretching my myself and mm-hmm. my limits. It kind of feels like that with the imagination and. getting to that point of that sweet spot okay i've been working this for Mm -hmm. this amount of time and now i can quickly refocus yeah it's it's like that boundary between the desire in terms of lack and desire in terms of i don't want to say imagination what does it feel like when you are envisioning something pleasurable something that you really want and you're not what's it what is that feeling Because if you're envisioning something that you want and you're recognizing that you don't have it, then that is Mm -hmm. lack and Mm -hmm. um, absence. But if you're envisioning something that you want and you're really feeling what it feels like to have that, what do you call that? Satisfaction or fulfillment or Mm. there's a a difference in your imagination. I wonder if there is a term for that. Mm -hmm. We should create one if there's not. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we can make up another word. Let's uh, uh, not right now, though. So. There is a big difference between like what you just described. Oh, yeah, Imagining what you brought up earlier when we were talking, setting goals. The difference between setting a goal and focusing on 
the goal itself mm-hmm. and that moment where you realize I don't have that thing mm-hmm. maybe achievement or something yeah and say like this is just a really easy example weight loss you have this goal to lose 50 pounds and you focus on the number on the scale okay i'm 250 pounds right now and i want to be 200 pounds it can be exciting to set that goal and imagine yourself at 200 pounds but then you step on the scale and it's like oh i'm 250 it can be challenging to stay uplifted when you're focusing on the number but as you brought up earlier focusing on the feeling can be yeah i mean i'd like to give that example because i think it was helpful specifically Mm -hmm. and is that you know i have had a goal of making more money i need to i want to there's a lot that i can do and want to do with more money but when i think about the money and the i put this number goal on the money and every time i think about that goal then i start to think about i don't i don't have it but then I started to question, what is it? Okay, what is it I'm trying to achieve by having the money? And there are two things that I want to achieve. And the first is for my family to feel and be secure, namely Courtney to feel really secure. And secondly, to grow Sanctuary and our other projects associated with Sanctuary. And we're doing both those things. Like both those things are happening. I can see both of those things happening in real time, but also know that it is an ever expanding goal. Then that gives me the satisfaction of seeing it occur and allows my imagination to play with what more can be. Mm, So mm -hmm. it, it takes the attention off of the lack and puts the attention on the presence while still giving room for for growth because you are a part of my imagination and you're a focus of my imagination in many ways. I'd love to take this conversation into what we were talking about earlier. When we use our imagination towards others, how do we make sure that we're not interfering with others? How do we make sure that our imagination is not encroaching on the sovereignty of others? Ooh, this is so, so juicy to consider. Okay. I just want to say every time you say juicy, my imagination (laughs) goes in a different direction. Okay. I'm just saying. You've been saying that a lot lately in terms of, you know, things being exciting to think about. And I don't think about fruit. I wanna think about we're talking about peaches. (laughs) Okay, this is so fascinating (laughs) to think about. I'm trying to think of say something else other than interesting because you know I say interesting 500 times a day. All right, well y'all know what I'm getting at now. Um, I you think know what I'm thinking. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we talking about? See now my imagination is encroaching on your imagination. This is exactly oh, yeah, that's the problem right. here. <laughs> okay, wow. Um, everybody else's imagination just oh took a left fucking turn. Oh boy. <laughs> um, blushing so all right how do we make sure that when we're imagining a scenario involving other people like specific people that we are making sure that it's we have permission to do that and or that's not really like to the point the question it's how do we make sure that's benefiting them because we want using our faculties to create the life that we imagine being great. We also want that for other people. 
yeah, how do we go about ensuring that we're giving that power to other people? Because that's kind of the way I see it. I think this is a simple example. Say I want to go to Hawaii and I want you to go to Hawaii with me. Going off this conversation we've been having about imagination and feeling and using that to create that trip to Hawaii with you, I could just go ahead and start doing that imagining Eric and I in Hawaii, what that would feel like, oh, our feet in the ocean and holding hands and beautiful place and our kids being there and I could go on and on and on and help create that. Is that good for you? Uh, What if I don't like Hawaii? Yeah, what if you don't want to go to Hawaii? Mm -hmm. So I suppose that as soon as we start to imagine a scenario that involves someone else specifically, it's important that we share that with them if we actually feel like that's something that we want for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, what if you don't like Hawaii and I spend all this time imagining that and it's kind of like forcing, trying to force that onto you mm-hmm. when I want to make sure that that's something you want too. And once you say, yeah, that sounds amazing. I want to go to Hawaii. Then it's okay. Well, let's just have a heyday with this. And I think there's even a way to head it up before then. Kind of like the the singular goal of making enough money. What is it that you're trying to experience in your imagination of us in Hawaii? Oh, yeah. The place is not as important as the feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? So you said holding hands on the beach, Mm -hmm. there with our kids, a beautiful scene. So if you knew I didn't like Hawaii, which I've been to Hawaii. I really wasn't super impressed with it. It's a hell of a long plane flight, and it's just like an Americanized island that's really expensive. Gotcha. Military base. Got some friends in Hawaii. Glad y'all are there. Maybe we'll come visit (laughs) one day. Anyway, don't want to go too far. I do love the beach. I do love beautiful scenery, and I do love our children, and I do love holding hands and walking with you and looking at the sunset. Mm -hmm. So if we come out of the specificity and go into generally – what is the sensation that we're trying to imagine, then maybe that can allow for co-creation. This is where it really gets interesting. Is when we recognize that particularly in units like ours, family units or communities, we are working together to bring uh, our visions into reality like sanctuary. You know, as I've been thinking about and envisioning sanctuary, I have had some very specific things in mind, and I've found that clinging on to those specifics is limiting. Mm -hmm. But when I pull back and say, okay, well, I want to have a a training program. I want to have a sacred mushroom seminary that's happening, but it's happening in a better way because I imagined it as other people involved. And now that other people get involved and they start to put their ideas on the table and we see it all meld together and we know that as we talk about what we're creating, we're talking generally about the feeling that we want our students to walk away with, Mm -hmm. the feeling that we want our program to encompass. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to come together and create this together. Oh, yeah, that feels good. Imagining the feeling and the expansiveness of that versus putting it in a box. Mm -hmm. We need the boxes too, Mm -hmm. but putting way more of our attention on the overarching. Mm -hmm. That's where I fucked up in so many ways. I can look back and see, you know, I mean, 
work in Jamaica, relationships past and in our relationship at times, my children just having this very specific, I know what I want and the world is going to bend to my will. God, it feels horrible. Honestly, it feels like this is never going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And then what's that going to do to your imagination? You're going to start to imagine yourself as a failure or imagine the world as a place that never fulfills your imagination. Whereas if we just open it up to surprise and we know, like, I want to experience love and connectivity and richness and wealth and joy Mm. and all of that, then it comes and usually, if not always, in a better way than we could imagine. Oh, I feel like there's a vault unlocking in my being right now, I feel like. After that meditation so, last night? Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> you felt so different. And even today, you feel very different. You feel like there is a vault that is unlocking. And it's so... Yeah. It's so awesome. Like you are so, you are such a powerful and wonderful person. Your energy is just charges me. I, I like I I love your vibe so much. And everybody so like so many people do. People that aren't afraid of themselves, people that are curious and want to know that they like they, they love you because that's what you exude. And you're obviously imagining yourself differently and it's showing Mm. fucking love you so much (laughs) (laughs) i love you too thank you for sharing that with me i really feel like i want to give a shout out to spiritual boss babe (laughs) (laughs) holla who the hell is that (laughs) on instagram spiritual boss spiritual boss babe all right cool Dig it. Talk about vibing. She rubbed okay. off on me last night before I got in the shower. <laughs> Gosh, babe. I see your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it just was an interesting choice of words. Okay. All right. Her vibe was just so <laughs> <laughs> contagious is what I was going to uh, say. I like it. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> before I got in the shower, I was scrolling. I just got on Instagram because I was having a moment and I just was like, I just need some inspiration right now. And I wasn't even scrolling. I just opened Instagram and I saw she was live and I, I don't, I never look at her page or anything. I haven't looked at her page in probably six months, but I saw she was live and I was like, Oh, her profile picture stood out to me and it just looked really fun and energetic. And I was like, I want to see what she's saying. And I got on there and she was talking about her new products that she was launching. Mm -hmm. She was so calm and confident. What she was doing was reminding the people watching that there's a magnetism about Mm -hmm. each one of us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget the value that we bring into the world and it's all so unique for each of us Mm -hmm. and we can find ourselves trapped in a box of our own making sometimes where we think we have to be doing something a certain way or Mm -hmm. the way someone else does something Mm -hmm. forgetting that that's not where the magic is that's Mm -hmm. not where our power is Mm -hmm. it's in our own very unique combination of things that we bring into the world 
And just the way she was conveying that hit me hard. I just had this massive revelation. I just felt like me again. And I realized I've been trying to do things someone else else's way and not because of someone else it's because mm-hmm. of me because mm-hmm. i forgot what i bring specifically it makes me want to jump up and clap <laughs> <laughs> and so i just i remembered in that moment the things that i really love the combination being extremely unique then i told you about it later after our meditation <laughs> which was truly a meditation and seeing your face when I was telling you about this revelation I was having and looking up this old web page of mine, <laughs> really fat chow PH. with the PH fat on YouTube and all these videos I used to make of me cooking and talking about health and wellness and herbalism and eating and spirituality before we even knew each other. Yeah. Well, we might have known each other. I think we just met when this one video where I'm fermenting, I'm like showing how I'm showing how to quick pickle mm-hmm. <laughs> mushrooms mm-hmm. in the video. I'm pretty sure we just met because the way I was like, it's even or better if, if you use locally grown mushrooms. Or if it was the mushroom. Remember, I gave you some mushroom grow bags. I wonder if it was from them. Anyway. Oh, maybe. I looked up that channel because I've totally forgotten about it. It's like 10 years ago that I created this YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and I loved making those videos. Mm -hmm. I loved it and Mm -hmm. everybody knew it. I talked Mm -hmm. about it all the time. I saw this one video I made that I literally, I spent on an inspiration, made stevia extract out of an old espresso machine that an ex-boyfriend gave me. It has like 15,000 views or something. Mm -hmm. I could see how happy I was. And I think yeah. everybody in the comments, I, there's 35 comments on that video. And mm-hmm. people are like, you look like you're having so much fun. You do you. You go, girl. I fucking, that, I tried I this. It. I went out and bought an espresso machine just to make TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Why aren't I doing this? Yeah. I love to do this. Yeah. So. I fucking love it. I loved it when you were doing it. I, I was bummed when you stopped. Again, we're all products of our environment and nurture mixed together you know there has definitely been a part of you that imagined the way that you do things right is by doing them the way other people do them or want you to do them i would suggest that's a misuse of the imagination but we all have to come to these conclusions and see these things on our own and since you're seeing this then i i want to just acknowledge that you know i i I've seen it as well, and I have maybe not enough, but I have definitely imagined the time when you realize your value and your light and that you don't have to fucking do things the way other people want you to do them or the way that you think other people want you to do them. And by doing things the way that you want to do them, that's how you actually inspire other people, which when I imagine what it is that I and you and maybe everybody, I don't know, it's too much, maybe too far to go, but a lot of us in life, what is it that we're ultimately trying to do? What is it that really feels good? For me, it's inspiring other people. Everything that I've done from when I used to be a cook, a line cook, to when I used to be you know, installing windows and building houses and teaching school and growing mushrooms and doing the retreats and now doing the work with the church and the podcasts and the, all of that. My hope is that by being me and loving me and just diving into the things that I'm inspired to, to dive into 
that it will rub off on other people and that they will be inspired to not do what I'm doing, but to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's tricky. You know, there's been a lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of times over the years where people have been seeing how enthusiastic I am about mushrooms and like, well, fuck this guy loves mushrooms. I need to love mushrooms. I'm gonna, <laughs> and that's not what I'm trying to get at. Like mushrooms are great. And like, I'm trying to share my love for mushrooms But ultimately, what's behind that is the hope that whoever's there, yes, they will gain a greater appreciation for mushrooms, but they'll also start to question, what do I love? What am I excited about? How can I bring my excitement into the world? And it's just your fucking imagination. It's your imagination. I imagined, and this is a really important part to consider, to, to really sit with, is that what other people imagine about you doesn't mean shit, but what you imagine that other people imagine about you can have a huge impact. And if I would have allowed my imagination of what other people imagined about me to limit me, then I would have given, I would have given up. I would Ooh, not done it. So much good stuff. Cause I, I just, as you said that what people imagine about you doesn't mean shit. What you imagine about your, about what other people imagine about you is really can be so powerful in that I had this thought come that using this power that we have to imagine other people living their best life Mm -hmm. or that feeling that they get Mm -hmm. when they're living their best life, that immediately changes our energy. It lifts us up when we are imagining someone else Mm. living their best life. That's that's one of the hardest things though, isn't it? I'm sorry, go ahead. Then when we are lifting ourselves up, it's just so contagious. And Mm. that then like that energy just rubs off on people. So can you talk about that? Because that's one of the things that I struggle with when I see people consistently going back to negative patterns consistently, boom, day after day after day after day. It's really hard for me to imagine them not doing that because I base it all on what I've seen in the past. Maybe if I interpret my experience with my oldest son and, and apply that in a similar way, that's where the shift happens. You know, with him, it wasn't that I began to imagine him doing things differently. I just to began to imagine that everything that he was doing was okay. And that he was going to be okay. He's going to be okay. And so when instead of imagining the worst unfolding. Yeah. And so when there are people in our lives and, you know, be perfectly honest, I'm most confronted with this when I'm working with coaching clients who have a long history of looping on the same negative stuff. I don't know. How do you, how do you really shift that focus? Is it just, I get, maybe it's just the attention coming back to the attention. I need your help. What comes to me when you talk about that is, have you ever been feeling like shit and somebody says to you, you look like shit? (laughs) Yes. I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. They kind of get brought into it. And that feeling of someone else seeing you at your worst and voicing that versus someone seeing through that shit and being like, you got this. Come on. You're awesome. Look, look at what you've done. Look at what, look at all the wonderful things about you. Just encouraging you and seeing the best in you when you can't. That is so much more powerful than somebody just continuing to tell you what you're doing wrong or how you don't look well or this and that. And so it can be challenging 
when that's constantly in your face. The question that I ultimately have then, I think that's this coming to is when do you know that it's time to step away from someone who you continue to imagine them better and continue to hold that for them and they don't do it for themselves yeah. or they do it so inconsistently and so sporadically that it doesn't stick or it's not seeming to stick. You know, is there a, is there a time when you just, you say, all right, look, I've invested all the energy that I can into this. And how do you know when that time has come? Maybe it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing thing, but there's somewhere in between Mm. there setting a boundary maybe of some sort. You know, this is how, this is what I'm willing to offer to you is this vision of me knowing that underneath all of these stories that you're telling yourself, you're an incredible being you know, that's what I have to offer you. There's nothing else I have for you. I don't know if there's a way where you can meet it in the middle. I, it's so dependent, I feel like, on the relationship of mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. the other person is choosing to behave and like respond mm-hmm. and reach out. Maybe there is a clear, more clear boundary that could be had so that it's not personally affecting you. I w- and I wouldn't say that it necessarily these kinds of situations necessarily personally affect me other than feeling like it is an investment of my time that's going nowhere in my energy. Yeah. It's an exchange Mm -hmm. for sure. And that's real. What comes to me is that this is an exchange and it's a two way street. So I'm willing to meet you here, but if you don't meet me, then I'm not doing all the work here. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in fact, you're doing the work mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to take responsibility, this is the line that I, I have. I can't do this for you. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is relevant to the current situation with psychedelics because, again, many people are imagining psychedelics as a kind of a medicine that's going to fix you. And that is just not the case. It is going to be up to you to hold that vision, to focus your imagination to see the possibilities of better for yourself. And as long as we continue to imagine the negative, then that's what we're going to get. It's just something that I, I, I do understand the power of our imagination as it relates to assisting and influencing others, but I also recognize the limitations I think that is even in our own life. You know, we can imagine all these wonderful things for ourselves, but there are limitations of time and space just because you're imagining it. And because your imagination will bring it into reality doesn't mean that there's not going to be some action mm-hmm. and some time involved. Another thing that comes to mind is that people aren't always in alignment for each other. Maybe they are for some time and then they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that can't help everybody because there is this exchange and it depends on the relationship, a friendship versus a professional relationship versus this coach client relationship. They all have different types of exchanges mm-hmm. in that coach client space. You know, we don't have to accept anyone as a client because it doesn't it may not make sense. We may not be good for each other. And maybe we were, and now it's feeling like there's a wall, which it sounds like, 
in this specific scenario, there's a wall that's mm-hmm. being hit with maybe both parties. And maybe it would be beneficial to say, I'm feeling like this isn't an exchange anymore. This is a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. productive mm-hmm. for either of us. I'm feeling like I'm not assisting you anymore mm-hmm. and you could be better assisted by someone else yeah know? and i'm maybe not referring necessarily to a specific scenario but something that has that has come up a, you know over time mm-hmm. and maybe i'm a little not enough boundary in regards to this because i do feel such a like personal care for people that i work with and it is especially when psychedelics are involved, boundaries can get very blurred in terms of client versus friend mm-hmm. scenario. The boundary aspect, something that you've really helped me see with our kids, setting a boundary can be and sticking to it can be so healthy mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. And when I say this isn't healthy for you right now, I'm drawing a line. It's not healthy for me right now. Mm-hmm. Drawing that line and making it clear what's happening and the reason, then it can set someone free, I think, yeah. to have a boundary. Yeah. And oh, like you sure. conveyed with me as well. So well, I will uh, be imagining that scenario a little differently, seeing how it, well, <laughs> imagining myself having better boundaries in that regard. Focus on the feeling, baby. It's just on dot the- com. <laughs> if you go to buy it it's already taken what what <laughs> there's a website coming soon focus on the feeling.com i imagine many of you showing up to the next on psilocybin this has been such it's it is definitely just four episodes in and it is definitely moving in the direction that i imagined very generally i didn't have specifics in mind for it i had a very general imagination of this being a lively enjoyable unique offering for people i love giving stuff away i love giving away my knowledge and i love giving away my experience and i love inspiring people to the extent that i can and um that's what this thing is all about it was inspired by Gary V and what he was doing with his uh, tea with Gary V. But I have been trying to put my own personal spin on it. So far, it's been really great and it's been really enjoyable. I even had someone who's been a part of the last two message me and say, like, this is fucking awesome, dude. Like he messaged me like four days later. and was like, I just can't stop thinking about it. This was such an awesome thing that you're doing. I love being a part of it. I love the way that you're doing it. I love how you just get real and you just talk. And that's what I have been imagining for a very long time. Even here on this podcast, you know, there is more consideration to what we're going to talk about here. And with that, it's just off the cuff, which I love. And people call in or join in and talk about whatever. And... Yeah, it's been so exciting. So I'm really grateful for everybody that's been a part of that. I just want to invite listeners who maybe don't know that it's happening. If you've made it this far, then you must be interested enough in <laughs> Courtney and I. And you will really love. Then you'll really love that. On psilocybin, yeah. Q&A. And you can go check out the old episodes, previous episodes on YouTube. They're all stored there. And there will be so many more to come. And as it gets more mature, then it'll probably 
get even more uh, immature. <laughs> Not immature, but so that's, playful. So that's every Monday. Well, most Mondays. Sometimes there's conflicts that come up, but yeah, every most, Monday. most Mondays at seven Eastern seven. to eight thirty. Yeah, yeah, and you can go to it's it's a live stream through Restream, so. It's streaming several different places. You can go to the Psilocybin Says Facebook page, Psilocybin Says YouTube. My personal Facebook. If you're... My personal LinkedIn. Lucky enough to be personal friends with Eric. Uh, you can go yeah. <laughs> to Eric's of personal my, Facebook. 5,000 people of which I know 150. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I think you have a public profile anyway, so I don't use it doesn't though. really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really valuable place to get feedback. So much is talked about yeah, there. Everything mushrooms, yeah, anything. not just psilocybin, like gourmet mushrooms, mm-hmm. and and um, and even not just mushrooms. Like you know, we've talked about the mm-hmm. spirit world. We've talked mm-hmm. about psychology. We've so, and this is just four episodes in. We've talked about diet. We've talked about lifestyle. There's so mm-hmm. many things. And since you know, my life has been so heavily influenced by psilocybin pretty much any topic can be viewed through the lens or i can discuss through the lens of psilocybin so if there's anything that you want to talk about and see how it relates to the psilocybin experience this is a place where you can get actively involved and it's so much fun and i just imagine it really being a joy for the listeners, the participants, for our, myself and Tristan who are putting it on, and it being a wonderful resource into the future for so many people. And I love that you can get on there and you don't have to be like a part of the live as far as your video and audio. You can just mm-hmm. participate in the chat if mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, you know are mm-hmm. doing other stuff. For me, I'm in the chat because it's bedtime for the mm-hmm. kids, so you'll see me in the chat talking but um yeah it's also really fun to jump on video and audio and yeah have everybody see your face anything else you want to share anything else you imagine our listeners taking value in i'm imagining you listening feeling uplifted and feeling connected with us and just feeling good imagining you feeling good i think that's all i'm imagining you um being interested in more psilocybin says <laughs> content and uh yeah i'm really grateful for this podcast for getting to getting to explore our imagination in this way mm-hmm. yeah we imagined it and it is coming to fruition mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening and look forward to talking with you again we got some great interviews lining up you all we're really excited about some of these oh yeah interviews that are coming so yes till next time Till next time.